Hi everyone, welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, Senior Director at CFGI, and this is the program where we dig deeper to understand what matters most in business. I don't have to tell you that the pandemic has been devastating for business. Uh, for a lot of them, it's been a, the death knell. But uh, my guest today has some, hopefully some good news to talk about some relief that's available for business. And I'm pleased to welcome my friend, Andrew Finkel, who's a partner at Markham LLP. Andrew, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thank you, Dave, it's good to be here. Uh, pleasure to have you. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and then we'll jump in. Sure. So uh, again, my name is Andrew Finkel. Um, I'm a CPA and a tax attorney uh, and I've worked on uh, both sides. I've worked for accounting firms and I've worked for, for a law firm as well. Um, right now, I am a partner at Markham LLP. Uh, Markham is a national accounting firm, 15th largest in the country, um, and I lead there national tax office and I also lead their um, transaction tax uh, services group as well and so I have uh, 30 plus years of experience the last 20 of which have been um, mainly working on transactions with lower uh, middle market and middle market companies um, and it's been uh, a really great ride I've been in Philadelphia I've been in New York I've been in Atlanta, and now I've been back in Philadelphia for 12 years now, um, and I'm in a really robust practice in a, in a really great firm, and uh, things are going well. Great. Sounds like you do have a lot going on uh, based on the, uh, the hats that you wear. It doesn't sound like you have uh, much time for hobbies these days. <laughs> so I, play, I do play tennis. I try to play tennis two or three times a week. Uh, it's not only good physical exercise for me. But it's great mental exercise for me as well. It lets me uh, stop thinking about the, the deals that I'm working on and the stress that those deals uh, incur uh, and the uh, political and business climate that we find ourselves in. And I get to concentrate on a uh, fuzzy yellow ball. That's good stuff. We all can use a break from everything you just alluded to. <laughs> Let's talk about some relief. As I mentioned in the open, I, mean, I don't have to tell you or anybody else watching or listening that the pandemic has just wrought havoc on business, especially the smaller ones, and some of them may never come back. But I, I, I know that you've got some thoughts on relief for business. So why don't we talk about that? What kinds of relief are available for business? Yeah, so um, to date, Congress has passed uh, $2.2 trillion of relief, uh, a lot of that earmarked for small businesses um, in the form of PPP loans, which are payroll protection program loans, um, which has been heavy in, in the news for uh, good reasons and, and bad reasons as well, which we can get into. Um, there has been uh, payroll tax deferrals. Um, there, have, there have been a number of different credits that are available uh, for businesses, um, all to try to uh, generate cash flow and keep those businesses alive uh, through the pandemic. Unfortunately, it's been 264 days, Dave, uh, since Congress has passed any form of, of stimulus and relief. Um, and the, what's going to happen at the end of this week is the Stimulus is going to run out, um, especially with respect to unemployment uh, benefits, federal supplemental unemployment benefits that are uh, currently $600 a month. That, that runs out at the end of this week. Uh, so last week or two weeks ago, uh, a bipartisan uh, caucus of Congress uh, came forward and put forth an interim uh, $908 billion bill 
um, far short of the two plus trillion dollars that the uh, House Democrats wanted, um, but more than the $500 billion that the Senate Republicans wanted. Um, and it's really a lot of that is earmarked to small businesses in the form of additional PPP loans. Um, so when the PPP loans were passed back in uh, you know, 264 days ago, um, they thought the pandemic was only going to be short term, uh, maybe two months, maybe three months. Um, and here we are, uh, you know, eight, nine months later, uh, and we're still in the worst part of it, the second phase of this pandemic. Uh, and so businesses, especially restaurants and hospitality industry, lodging, uh, they've really been hurt by this to the point where, you know, a lot of them are unsure whether they're going to, to come back. Uh, and or, or close their doors forever. Uh, so they need relief. They need it now. They actually needed it yesterday. Right. Um, but here we are. Congress is going back and forth. I, news this morning was they made progress last night uh, towards this interim bill, which would go from uh, now December uh, through through March. So um, there's you know a lot of optimism that this bill will pass by the end of the week. Um, and if not, Congress has said that they're going to work through and forego their their holiday break uh, until something gets done and something absolutely needs to get done. Yeah, very generous of them. Uh, pardon my snarky remark there. But <laughs> is it too little too late for some of these businesses, Andrew, even if stimulus does get passed? So it's been really interesting to see how businesses have reacted to this. Um, some businesses really, you know, went down to a skeleton crew, cut costs, um, tried to maximize the revenues that they could get, um, really redesigned their businesses uh, and their business models. Um, some of them, uh, I was on a uh, actually a, a networking event last night uh, with a bank, uh, and we had a virtual uh, whiskey tasting. Um, and, and, and this particular distillery down in Texas reformed themselves into a hand sanitizer company. Um, so businesses are doing what they can um, with the resources that they have to try to drive revenue in their main business, or they're looking outside the box uh, to, to try to find something else to do. Uh, unfortunately, there are some businesses, particularly in the hospitality industry, um, restaurants, travel, lodging, uh, that might not ever recover from this. Uh, hopefully, these companies are still in business. Uh, they can take advantage of this new round of PPP loan when it's passed. Um, and, and, and those PPP loans were meant to really um, keep these businesses afloat in terms of subsidizing their, their payroll, mainly payroll, but, but other expenses as well, such as rent and utilities. Uh, just to, to keep them afloat during what is just a you know once in a lifetime event, once in a hundred years event for that matter. Uh, and so you know hopefully if these companies are still alive, they can take advantage of of these PPP loans. Uh, obviously, they've shown a need um, to have these loans to keep themselves in business, uh, and they can get by this period uh, until the vaccine uh, you know really takes takes shape. And, you know, we can get some herd immunity uh, and we can get back to whatever the new normal looks like. 
Yeah, Andrew, for folks who want to learn more about you uh, or work with you, get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Um, yeah, the best way, two, two ways. You could uh, go to my firm's website, MarkhamLLP.com, uh, and do a search for, for me. Uh, or you can uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I always like to, to meet new people. Um, as I said, I, I have a lot of degrees um, and I have a lot of experience, but what I cherish most are relationships um, and I love to help people. That's why I got into this business to begin with. Uh, so I would love to, to connect with folks like-minded as I am um, that want to help people and have a specific need. Um, I'm always there to help. Yep, and I can vouch for that. I happen to know this guy personally, and he walks the walk. Andrew, we only have about three minutes to go in this first segment, but I just wanted to ask you if you could to explain to the folks watching and listening, uh, if they're a business owner, uh, if they work in a business where they may be able to benefit from these PPP loans, what do they need to do? What do they need to know? How do they make it happen? What's, what's the nuts and bolts takeaway here in three minutes? Yeah, so, so really these loans are meant for businesses that absolutely need the funds to stay afloat. Um, there was a lot of controversy when the first round of PPP loans came to be, um, and every, every business um, started to you know, apply for them. And a lot of times the businesses that didn't need the loans were the first to get them because they had huge relationships with their financial institutions. Um, and these uh, loans were administered by the, the banks um, and backed by the, by the SBA. Um, shortly after guidance and rules started to come out from Treasury and from the SBA um, as to really what, what the purpose and who qualifies for these loans. Um, and, and basically, uh, it's for those that you know, have sustained an economic loss through, through the pandemic and can prove it. In fact, uh, just a few weeks ago, the SBA came out with a, a questionnaire for those companies, uh, all companies that receive more than $2 million of PPP loans to substantiate that need. Um, and it's quite frankly made a lot of companies nervous. Uh, the press came out and went and you know named names of companies uh, that perhaps didn't need them. Uh, and it made a lot of people nervous. So a lot of people returned their funds. Um, so this time around, they're going to really uh, look at need um, and those that, that really need the funds can go to their financial institution um, and apply for those loans. We've done a lot of work as a firm uh, to help folks through that process because it could be int intimidating um, and there's a lot of unknowns. So we try to plug in the questions um, or the answers to a lot of questions that folks have. Um, and so, you know, we have an advisory group that we set up a task force that has now been nationally known. Um, and, uh, you know, we're happy to we're happy to help. Sounds good. On that, we're going to take a quick break. Andrew, you just sit tight. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick commercial break. Thanks, Dave. My name is Ashley Owens. I am your personal networking concierge, and I host a show on RVN TV called Connect to Success, where I interview power networkers in the greater Philadelphia and South Jersey area. So join me every week, 1230 on Thursdays during your lunch break, and now on Fridays at 9 and 930 p.m. We'll see you next week. 
this plus this equals this plus this and this. Don't drink and drive. What makes a temple owl? Meet Stella. She's wise, fierce, and she's not alone. Temple University, where owls call home. We are the cherry and white. The city is our classroom, and we lead the rush hour, making our mark on every field around the world. A world without temple, well, that's like the sky without the North Star. Temple, never stopping. The family law. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder. And today we're talking about, well, we have been talking about uh, pandemic relief uh, with Andrew Finkel, who's a partner at Markham, a guy who wears a lot of hats uh, over there. And uh, Andrew, I uh, want to jump into the second segment and ask you to change hats. I want you to put on your, we'll call it the transaction advisory chapeau. Uh, Let's talk about what it's like to be doing deals during a pandemic. You know, companies are still trying to be strategic, planning for the future, which means potentially exits and fundraisings and things like that to keep businesses growing. Um, what's been uh, your experience and how things are, are happening during this pandemic? Yeah, so um, in order to answer that question, Dave, I think we need to go go back a little bit, um, really, out of the last recession. Um, did the deal community has uh, grown and grown and grown, uh, mostly spearheaded by, by private equity firms um, that are buying uh, for, uh, companies that have not had institutional investors uh, before. Um, so it's, it's really been a seller's market, especially over the last five or six years. Um, and you know, every, every conference I go to, every call that I attend, you know, over the past number of years, the question's always been, when is the correction coming? The valuations have skyrocketed. And, um, you know, as with any bubble, uh, the bubble ultimately bursts. And the question always was, well, when is this bubble going to burst? However, it has not. Uh, and one thought that back in, in March, um, when everything started to shut down due to the pandemic, um, that this was the correction that everyone was looking for, um, or not necessarily looking for, not in a good way, um, but anticipating. Um, and what happened, uh, basically, um, there was a pause button that was pressed. All deals stopped. Maybe there were some deals that were far through the process that, that completed um, and closed, um, but most of the deals were, were put on pause. No one knew uh, what to do. No one knew uh, when they were going to come out of this pandemic, um, whether these companies would be viable, whether there would be uh, an adjustment for uh, for the COVID, um, called a COVID adjustment. Um, and so no one knew. Well, so summer came and this restriction started to lift. And, and what happened? Um, there wasn't a pullback. There wasn't a pullback at all. Um, the valuations are just as high uh, now um, as they've been. It's still a seller's market. Um, it's still very competitive uh, with respect to strategic acquisitions and private equity acquisitions. Um, and, and furthermore, uh, due to the change in the, uh, the presidential administration, 
um, and some of the tax proposals that the Biden campaign put out there, um, there are a lot of motivated sellers to get deals done by the end of the year. Uh, so we have been extremely busy. This is might be one of the busiest times of my 30 plus year career uh, in terms of, of getting deal done. I'm actively working on three deals and, and eight other projects that are um, M&A related. Um, so what happened in the summer, it, it, there was no rewind button. Their pause button was just unpressed and we were right back to, to where we were uh, before the before the shutdown. So it's been really an, an interesting and dynamic time in the world of mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, and, and we're seeing the same thing in our practice as well with regard to volume and a lot of tax-related matters. But if for, for individuals and business owners, do they need to be worried about this new administration and what that's going to mean from a tax perspective? Um, so, so that really is going to depend on what happens in January with the Georgia Senate election. Um, I think first off, uh, President-elect Biden has put forth some um, you know, pretty aggressive uh, tax reform, um, raising the level of income taxes um, under a pre-Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, changing the capital gains rates uh, to equal ordinary rates, which would be a, almost a 20% differential uh, raise of those rates, um, and also to raise uh, corporate income taxes from 21% to 28%. Those are pretty big, pretty big numbers and would have a huge impact to anyone that's contemplating a transaction. However, as we enter uh, 2021 and, and as we transition into a Biden administration, uh, we're still in the middle of the second wave of this pandemic. Um, so it is unlikely, uh, although I, if I had a crystal ball and, and can look into the future, um, I'd probably be, uh, be doing something else right now. Uh, but since I don't, uh, I could only give an educated guess and say that at least for the first half of the year, um, there is unlikely to be any tax increases. In fact, you know, the, the, the main goal of the administration should be uh, to still give relief. Um, now that uh, $908 billion package that I discussed in the prior segment, um, that package does not interestingly include individual stimulus, those, those checks that were that were issued over the over the spring to individuals. Um, so, you know, individuals are, are still hurting as well. Unemployment is still at, at record levels. Um, and so that makes uh, me believe that it is highly unlikely that we're going to see uh, tax increases. Um, you know, you could always have tax increases later in the year. Um, and typically tax increases are not made retroactive, although that's not always the case. Um, but I would think under this business climate uh, and health climate that, that we wouldn't see anything retroactive. So I think business owners uh, can rest a little easy, um, at least you know, if, they, if they can't get something done by the end of the year. I still think that they'll have time at least through the second quarter of 2021 to get a deal done. That's some good news. Thanks for that. Andrew, for folks who want to learn more about you or want to pick your brain in person, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, you could uh, reach out to me um, 
by looking me up on my, our, my business website, uh, markhamllp.com, uh, or you could get me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, just look and connect and introduce yourself, um, and I'm happy to connect and have a conversation with you. Great. Andrew, we only have a few minutes to go here, maybe just about five or so, but you mentioned something about doing a virtual whiskey tasting, and I know you're a big uh, fan of networking. And networking in the pandemic uh, has certainly presented a, a lot of challenges for folks. Uh, we've all been familiar with the term Zoom fatigue, and when you talk about whiskey tasting or the virtual happy hours, uh, a lot of folks have said you're still drinking alone. Tell us <laughs> about what it's like networking in a pandemic and what advice would you have for folks who are trying to do something a little different to either build a community or just build the camaraderie among existing teams? You know, with, with challenging times comes opportunities, Dave. Um, you know, people are, are looking to get together. They're looking to get out of isolation. Um, and, and we're doing a lot of things that we wouldn't have dreamed of doing before the pandemic um you know instead of going out to a to a happy hour to to grab a, a bite to eat and a drink and um and just kind of pontificate uh and network you know we're we're doing this virtually on, on zoom uh, i think people are looking for different things to do uh to get out of that zoom fatigue it, it, it is not the same as getting together and i think it's really important uh, that when re we return to some sense of normalcy, uh, I think people are going to just, um, you know, the restaurants are going to be uh, more busy than they've ever been uh, because people are just looking for an excuse to get out and network. Uh, but this is what we have. Um, this is where we are. Uh, and, and you could either not do it uh, or you can take advantage of the opportunities, um, the fact that you don't have to travel the fact that you can do it first thing in the morning or, or really late at night and not interrupt uh, much of, of anything um, is really a, an opportunity and, and a blessing. Uh, I've networked with folks that uh, I haven't uh, spoken with for some time just because of my uh, busy schedule and the fact that, you know, maybe they're, they're out in the, the middle of the state um, that I just don't get out there that often. So. You know, I, I view it as an opportunity, and I hope others do too, um, as for a chance to to really reconnect with some folks that maybe you've lost touch with over the over the years. Yeah, that's a great perspective when you call it a blessing. And look, you, you hit it on the head. I think everybody's looking for some kind of connection. Uh, for the folks who are lucky enough to be able to work from home. Uh, a lot of us feel perhaps like we're no longer working from home or more like living at work. And I think we all just need to remember, I'll pontificate for just a second, that everybody's going through something as a result of this pandemic. There's a lot of mental duress that's going on. Maybe you're not able to see your relatives. Maybe you've got kids out of state, what have you. Um, it, there's a lot going on. So this, this connection that you refer to is absolutely critical. Dave, and people react differently to this. Um, you know, some people um, are really hit harder than others and you don't really know what's going inside someone's head. So, you know, if you haven't heard from someone that you used to be close with, I would say reach out. They're probably looking for some something, some some sort of connection. Um, so I, I would say that this is a great opportunity, um, you know, to, to show that that, you know, you value them as a, as a person as, and as a professional. 
Well said. Andrew, on that note, we're going to be out of time, unfortunately, but I want to thank you for joining us on Behind the Numbers today. It was a great conversation. Well, this was great. I appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you, Dave. I, I always do. Um, and, and this was great. Hopefully you'll have me back. It would be a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And for you watching and listening at home, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you are aware of all that we're up to. And I want to thank you all personally for watching and listening and supporting Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and we'll see you again next time. Take care, everybody.